meditation for this evening is entitled, When You Have No Ashes. I want to say a word about all we had hoped, all we had dreamed, all we had thought might be. We had plans. We had plans in 2020 to do things, to be things, to become things. And when all that blew apart with a pandemic and an economic crisis, and the veil was lifted, it showed us our racism and our political differences, our judgments and our hate. A lot of our hopes disappeared as the smoke from a candle dissipates. We had so many hopes for this evening. Oh, we had prepared for it. Stephanie had arranged for us to all be able to pick up ashes. And we were going to begin our Lenten journey by giving out blessing bags, a, a gift of alms to those who are homeless and hungry and lost and left out. Oh, we had plans. We had dreams. And then this climate storm came. And so many of us have struggled. We've been left cold. We've been left without power. We've been left without the internet. We've been left without water, some of us. And now pipes are breaking. It is all that we had hoped that seems to have been shattered. But that is not the end of our faith. That is where we are now. And our faith teaches us that God dreams a dream for us. And we are invited to live into that dream. I think many of you know that I have an app on my phone. It's called We Croak. And throughout the day, multiple times, I get a notification that says, don't forget you are going to die. And then I open the app and the notification, and there's a quote there. It's sometimes about death. It's sometimes about life. It's sometimes just really funny. Like when RuPaul says, you know, after it's all over, all that is really left is drag. <laughs> well, I want to tell you, I've been using that app for maybe over a year's time now, and it always surprises me and awakens me to my mortality. And that's what this evening is a lot about, to awaken us to the fact that we are not immortal flesh and blood, but we are immortal beings. Of course, the challenge of Ash Wednesday is that we are invited to face our mortality straight on with the words, you are dust and to dust you shall return, recalling the story in the creation of humanity, when God took dust from the earth and created the first human beings. There is a reason that we share in this Ash Wednesday service. It's not just to signify the beginning of the season of Lent, but there is a reason for it. 
The prophet Joel tells the people to call a solemn feast and, and to bring everybody, even children nursing at their mother's breast, and that they are to repent. And this prophet Joel speaks to us too. In other words, what this prophet is trying to say to us is that we dare not fool ourselves about our lives. We dare not fool ourselves about our religious festivals and our religion. What God, you see, is most interested is not in our religious ideas and our rituals. The only interest in those is that they might awaken us. God is interested, according to the prophet Joel, is most interested in our hearts. So this is a wake-up call. Not that we haven't had enough in the year 2020, and not that we haven't had enough since the beginning of the year 2021. We've had too much, some may say, but this is a unique wake-up call. It is a wake-up call to our mortality so that we will repent. We will turn around and return to God, that we would be more compassionate and loving, even as God is compassionate and loving to us, that we would face straight on our sin, how we have sinned against God, how we have sinned against others, how we have sinned against our own best selves. So, if this is what this service is all about, and if the historical way of worshiping in this service is to have ashes to place upon our foreheads as a sign of our repentance, what do we do when we have no ashes? I wish I could remember the source of the story I'm about to tell you. I, I looked for it all day and haven't been able to find it. But... I vividly remember reading it because of the power it held within the story. In a concentration camp in Germany in World War II, while there were mostly Jews among the people who were in that concentration camp, there were a few Christians. And the Christians gathered for worship in the latrine every Sunday. And Evidently came a Sunday when there was a feast day, perhaps Palm Sunday, perhaps Easter, perhaps Pentecost, perhaps All Saints. But they wanted to share in the Feast of Holy Communion. As they gathered for worship in the latrine, the Jews, as they always did, distracted the guards so that they would not be caught worshiping. When time came for communion, the leader said all the words of the ritual. On the night in which Jesus was betrayed, he took bread and broke it and gave it. And after supper, he took the cup and blessed it and gave it. And together they shared the meal. I received from the Lord what I pass on to you. Of course, because they were in the camp, they had no bread. They had no wine or juice. So the leader simply invited them to put out their hands 
And he went to each man and placed his hand over the man's hand, saying, the body of Christ given for you. And as they came around a second time, he said, the blood of Christ poured out for you. The writer, teller of the story said it was the most powerful communion service he ever attended. So what do we do when we have no ashes? We pray. We hear the scriptures. We reflect on the message that God is trying to get through to us. And when the time comes, we will take our fingers and we will mark ourselves with the sign of the cross, which in our mortality is our hope. Thanks be to God. Amen.